Hi, Rachel here. If you like Port Saga and want more audio fiction in your life, please become a patron at patreon.com slash Rachel J. Wilkinson. You can get bonus content, access to our Patreon-only Discord server, exclusive podcast feeds for early and ad-free episode releases, and the satisfaction of supporting an independent studio. So please join us at patreon.com slash Rachel J. Wilkinson. The following episode contains adult content, violence, and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Vampire the Masquerade, Port Saga, Episode 15, Fetch Quest. The evening ends with me covered in dirt, riding an elevator next to Aaron McKenna. 30 minutes to sunrise? Cutting it a little close, don't you think? So what are you? A hallucination from the network? A ghost? (laughs) My conscience? Any, or all of the above. Or it's stress or sleep deprivation. Is sleep deprivation even a thing with vampires? I think you're just like, dead. I mean, I've never heard anyone say, oh boy, did I get a great day's rest. I could eat 20 people before midnight. Then how do you explain daymares? Daymares are just stories Malkavian sires tell their children to keep them from going to the Sabbat. Fuck. Stuck to my front door is a notice of deconversion. A majority of owners have voted to sell the building to new developers. The new developers... Hecuba Holdings. Keisha Troy. Looks like she's putting the screws to you. Yeah, by buying everyone out. Welcome to another one of the perils of being a vampire. There comes a time in every young kindred's unlife when an older, more experienced vampire will come to you with a business proposition. That older kindred is going to try to sell you a condo. The sales pitch goes something like this. As a new up-and-comer like yourself, there is nothing better in securing your long-term survival both physically and financially than buying a condominium in a building. It has an easily available herd, swanky views, makes you harder to find, and you never have to mow the lawn. And best of all, Imagine what this property will be worth in a hundred years. In a first glance, it seems kind of clever. So you do the deal. And it's great for 10, 15, maybe even 20 years. But then you notice a lot of glass towers springing up around you. City drops a new easy access point for public transportation. And suddenly your condo with the amazing view is standing in the way of progress. Developers come in. Start making offers, and because you're a vampire, you can't make the meetings or even vote because most of the time the paperwork was made under a false identity, or someone else entirely. Yeah, maybe if you were a Ventru, you might be able to make some hay, but you're a Malkavian. Which means you probably don't have the time, resources, or mental energy to deal with any of this shit. So, what are you going to do? Kill her. No developer, no deal. Wow, that escalated quickly. The next night, Rebel and I head to the Wyth building, knowing it's our best and only lead on the duskborn blood Keisha wants in exchange for Lysander. And you're positive you're all right? For the twelfth time, yes, I'm fine. You don't look fine. Can we just focus on the plan? As in, what is it? We split up. I'll search Dante's old office, you head to the lab. On it. 
Obviously, I don't tell her about Frank. Or the Fremonts. Or my new... friend. Do I embarrass you? Not now. It's still early enough in the evening to run into students and janitorial staff, so I slip into my obfuscation as I make my way to Dante's research lab. But when I get there, the shattered windows have been replaced, and it's empty, scrubbed clean as if there had never been a lab. Regardless, maybe there's a closet or a storeroom. I go to slip inside and... locked. To the left of the glass door is a security access panel requiring some sort of keycard or key fob. Neither of which I have. Closing my eyes, I reach out with my sense of hearing and smell. I catch a whiff of floor cleaner and follow the sound until I reach a janitorial cart outside a pair of restrooms. Carefully, I slip into the restroom where a janitor mops the floor between a bank of sinks and a line of open stalls. Hanging from a uniformed hip is an ID badge. I approach the custodian from behind and crouch down to see how the badge is attached. But when he turns, I scramble back into one of the open stalls. When he moves to mop a new spot of floor, I go after it again when... Quickly, I duck under the sink and freeze as the custodian whips around to see the stall door I was in wobble and close. Hello? Is someone there? I can't believe you're about to get made because of a toilet. Hello? Can I help you? Hi, uh, I was told to call this number if anything strange happened. A toilet flushed by itself. They're automatic, so maybe it misfired, but I was mopping by the sinks and the stall door. Basement of the width building. Women's restroom. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, sure. Will do. Bye now. <sighs> now what? Hope Rebel found something in the office. Or we could... <sighs> a pair of high-heeled black boots step into the bathroom and stop in front of the stalls. I can't see her face, but given the long black skirt, I have a good idea who it is. A hunch that's confirmed when she crosses to the exact sink I'm hiding under and bends over. Good evening, Mr. Reed. Primogen Sandoval. What, pray tell, are you doing in the ladies' room of the very edifice I told you not to enter? Tell her it's a Malkavian prank. No. No? Would you mind if I stood up? By all means. First, allow me to apologize. Would a minor boon suffice for the inconvenience? A minor boon will persuade me not to contact Sheriff Usher, but does little to satisfy the violation of my domain. With an additional major boon, then. If you tell me why you're here. I was asked to locate the blood Primogen Mendoza took from the Duskborn. Asked? Hired, technically. By whom? Doesn't matter. 
Was it another Tremere? No. Then who? Tell her. Why? I need to know. She doesn't want the blood. She wants something else. By one of the aforementioned Duskborn. The ones Dante was torturing. You mean the thin bloods that Prince Quill demanded be brought to him? Yeah. Do you have a death wish, Mr. Reed? Yes. No. Then, before we continue, is there anything else I should know? Do not tell her about Rebel. Rebel Everhart is in Dante's office upstairs. You are literally the worst. I see. Then let us free ourselves from these resplendent surroundings so I can greet her. Because there is nothing I enjoy more than playing hostess to princely bound murder hobos. Upstairs, Rebel sits behind Dante's former office desk, rifling through the drawers. I didn't find the blood, but I may have- Rebel, allow me to introduce- Ah, behold, another drab compere. Shit. After you apprehended Dante, the Tremere swooped in and removed all evidence of his experiments, including a refrigerator filled with the blood bags you are looking for. It's my understanding that you would like them. We might be able to come to an arrangement, because there is something I want. Something you two enterprising miscreants might be able to get for me. And that is... The blood itself is useless without the research notes. We secured the blood, but the research has eluded us. You want us to get Dante to tell you where the research is. If you think we're going to hand you his research so you can continue his work, you've got another thing coming. Young rebel, you are in no position to threaten me. And if you are so foolhardy as to test my patience again, you will lose. If you could employ some self-restraint for the most fleeting of moments, I could have spared you the bravade dramatique. I'm not interested in continuing Dante's work. Really? You're not? I'm not. When I first discovered what Dante had done, I attempted to confiscate his research to prevent it from falling into nefarious hands. When I realized it wasn't here, I asked the prince to postpone his execution so I could use Dante to locate it. But he refused to tell me because he knew his leverage would be gone the moment he did. But then Quill commuted his sentence. Correct. Which means he may be more inclined to part with it, but he would still refuse to give it to me. Titus, on the other hand, may have more success. Why me? Because he likes you. And I will not hesitate to use his weaknesses against him. So, I will secure your visit to Cardiff House. And, if you can acquire his research, I will give you the blood in exchange. Do we have an accord? We do. Do not approach the glass. Do not touch the glass. You are not allowed to give him anything or accept anything from him. Place any electronics in the lockbox along with any mirrors, pebbles, magnets, insects, living or dead. A Cardiff House guard in full tactical gear confiscates my colt and pats me down. I see they've enhanced security since my jailbreak. Do you understand? I understand. Follow me. In the basement, beyond the wine cellar, is my old prison cell, though changed. They've installed more closed-circuit cameras and replaced the vault door with a plexiglass divider. As I walk toward the glass, I'm reminded of the tank at the aquarium, though it's hard to say which one of us is the shark. 
The guard sets up a folding chair for me. I'll be posted at the other end of the cellar if there's an issue. Thank you. Dante Mendoza has been afforded a different sort of Cardiff House experience. His cell has been upgraded to a suite with a bed, a shelf full of books, and a table with a puzzle spread out in mid-assembly. Reed, good of you to visit. Dante, dressed in khaki trousers and a collared shirt, sits at the unfinished puzzle while his other arm is attached to a medical device from which a plastic bag slowly fills with vitae. Still doing those blind puzzles, I see. I am. It helps to pass the time. See, I recognize this one immediately as Gustav Klimt's The Kiss, but underestimated how challenging it would be to piece together the complex patterns and textures. Asymmetry is indeed a beautiful devil. Uh-huh. Still not an art lover, I see. What's with the gadget? It allows those without a heartbeat to donate blood. Without a functional heart to pump blood, we do not bleed so much as leak. This machine is a small vacuum that sucks vitae out of the body. One of my colleagues invented it. Yes, but what's it for? Dante glances at the camera. Reed, do you perhaps... What? Hablas espanol. I shake my head. Deutsch. Francais. Again, I shake my head. (sighs) Tagalog? Huh? Right. Why are you here, Reed? There's a favor I need to ask. A favor you need to ask? I find that unlikely, but please, go ahead. When you were torturing... Experimenting. Torturing those thin bloods. Did you take any notes? <laughs> Our dear, tenacious Miss Anna has you on an errand. This isn't about Primogen Sandoval. Of course it is. I applaud her persistence and her novel use of you as her gopher. Tell me, what is your impression of her? She seems reasonable enough. You can do better than that. I like that she's direct and fair. Fair? Please, elaborate. Okay, yeah, you're right about her sending me here. That's because she caught me sneaking around the Wyth building. She could have made it a thing. Instead, she charged me a couple of boons not to call the sheriff, and here I am. So you paid her to do what she would have done anyway. What do you mean? She does not want the sheriff to take notice of the Wyth building any more than she wants you in it. Additionally... Had she contacted the sheriff, it may have become public that security under her watch faltered. A troubling situation for a primogen new to the city. Okay, so? So, in the future, if you find yourself on the back foot, take a moment to consider your rival's more significant objective and leverage it against them. Is that what you did with Quill? Of course. And now you're allowed to continue your experiments, right? Isn't that part of your... Deal? Do you see any laboratory equipment? Do you see any experiments? I don't. Dante glances at the camera again before looking back at me. I will tell you exactly where to find the research. What will it cost me? Nothing. Why do I find that hard to believe? I refuse to give the Blood Witch my research because I knew the moment I handed it over, she would throw me to the wolves. So you made a deal with Quill. 
I did. And without a sword of Damocles hanging over my head, I have the chance to use that research to repair the damage I caused. I never wanted Aaron to die. Are you fucking kidding me? That was not part of the plan. What was the plan exactly? You tell me. All right. You were conducting your illegal experiments. Legality is an inaccurate term. Hey, is it my turn to talk or not? Please, go on. You received a letter, supposedly written by Lawrence, claiming he was about to report you to the prince. Yes. Any idea where it came from? It was delivered via Grand Courier. And you checked the psychic fingerprint? Of course. And it belonged to Lawrence? Yes. What did you do with the letter? I destroyed it. You destroyed it. If you destroyed the letter, then what was Quill waving around the night he took Praxis? Exactly. Okay. So back to the original letter. You destroy it, and then you hire Usher to kill Lawrence. Yes. I told him to treat me as need-to-know-only, and I let the assassin do his work. What did he tell you? Not much. But he did want me to create a mental trap for Aaron, a verbal trigger that would incapacitate her for an evening when heard. Given our extensive therapy sessions, this was easy enough to do. What was the phrase? You will drink only blood. You will eat only ashes. From the Book of Nod. Indeed. A book my sire was familiar with. Was he? So... Usher scares Aaron's girlfriend by using the phrase on the assumption she'll repeat it when she tells Aaron what happened. That's the trigger. Aaron blacks out. And Usher impersonates Aaron to get Lawrence away from the party to kill him. But Lawrence saw through the disguise, which set off a chain of events resulting in the death of Aaron McKenna, the overthrow of Adelaide Hale, and me. Sitting here, in front of the man who killed my sire, asking for a favor. If this glass weren't here, I would kill you where you stand. I believe you. Before, that was unlikely, but something has changed. Have you reconciled your nature? I don't have to reconcile shit to avenge Lawrence and Aaron. You indulged your violence, killing for Reynolds and Walsh for years. But then you regressed, sparing Usher's life and mine. I didn't spare Usher. Were you born this way? Or made this way after your embrace? Did Lawrence's blood turn you into a killer? No. It made me worthy. Worthy? Nope. I'm not letting you anywhere near my fucking head. Answer three questions. No. Answer three questions. And I will help you avenge Lawrence and Aaron. No. By giving you Usher. Ask your fucking questions. Who was the first person you killed? Phineas Gibbs, an anarch. Why not kill me when you had the chance? Because at the time I believed in justice. What do you wish you could have said to Lawrence? but never got the chance to. I... I miss you. Fascinating. Usher, now. He prefers to follow the orders of others. That is how he justifies his wet work. But 
Like all Badu Hakim, he has a taste for kindred blood. The more enticing the Vitae, the hungrier he gets. The hungrier he gets, the more irrational he becomes. So Usher is addicted to vampire blood. What do you think I paid him with? He glances at the machine sucking blood out of his arm as he says it. That's what he was trying to tell me earlier. He's getting milked like a cow. But for whom? Usher? The research. Catherine Lowe, my teaching assistant. I gave her a briefcase for safekeeping. Inside is everything the Blood Witch requires. I move to leave without saying goodbye. And read. What? Thank you for sparing my life. It takes a couple of phone calls and a few well-placed lies about the professor's sabbatical, but I eventually convince Catherine Lowe that I'm a research assistant sent to fetch Mendoza's briefcase. After picking it up from her apartment, I head back to the university, where I meet Rebel and Primogen Sandoval in a faculty parking lot behind the WIF building. What the fuck is that? What you came here for? The deal was for blood, not a goddamn pedophile mobile. I beg your grateful pardon. We face what can only be described as the sketchiest ice cream truck you've ever seen. It's not even a truck. It's a van with a makeshift window cut out of the side with faded ice cream decals plastered around it. It's a murder van. Titus, this is a murder van. You needed mobile refrigeration on short notice. You hocus-pocus eggheads couldn't figure out how to get a cooler or a camper? Listen, Biker Barbie, I have neither the time nor the crayons to explain capacity and refrigeration to you in a way you'll understand. Let's just see what the situation is. I open the back door, and inside the freezer, instead of popsicles and ice cream sandwiches, it's filled with blood bags. A set of initials marks each one. Okay, that's a lot of blood. I hop down from the back of the van and give Sandoval the briefcase. We're good. We are? We'll make it work. Your chariot waits. Thank you. I don't suppose either of you has any ghouls in your employ? No. Not me. Good. I've ordered the blood and wouldn't want any unfortunate accidents. I'm sure. Pleasure doing business. Drive the speed limit. I know how to drive, Rebel. I'll be glad to get this thing over with. As we head toward the aquarium, we exit onto an elevated ramp that offers a view of Port Saga. Thick clouds of fog swallow the tops of skyscrapers. The building's windows are like fairy lights peeking out from the mist. The city's pretty. What? The city. It's pretty. Oh. Yeah. Despite being filled with bloodthirsty douche wagons bent on world domination. Yeah. As we pull into the aquarium, we see smoke rise from inside the park. There are a dozen vehicles already there, including a passenger van. Lined against the outer wall are a few of the duskborn we saw in the shark tank, arms folded over their heads. They're dirty and bloody like they've been in a fight. We stop when we see Lysander, looking no worse for wear, but unsure of what to do. An armed ghoul steps in front of the van and holds up a hand. 
Oh, this can't be good. The ghoul says something into a radio at his shoulder, at which point Usher emerges from between two of the parked cars. He comes to the driver's side window and gives it a tap. Mr. Reed, what a pleasant surprise. Vampire the Masquerade, Port Saga, created by Rachel J. Wilkinson, with voice performances by Dane Geist, Kat Mermelstein, Michelle Wynn Bradley, Andrew Alandi, Roxy Hales, Matthew Webb, Logan Michael Bose, Ray Stecanus, and Jennifer Manning. Sound design by Rachel J. Wilkinson. Mixing and mastering by Brandon Strader. Portions of this podcast are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with permission, all rights reserved. For more information, please visit worldofdarkness.com.